Hello, good people, and welcome to the Brunswick Beer Collective. Uh, yeah, we're back. Um, this is, I think it's season 17. So 17, yeah. I've lost count. I've yeah, lost count yeah. after 10. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've lost count too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume you're right, even yeah. though I'd normally assume you're wrong. Mm, fair enough. It's definitely episode one, though. Yes. Yes. That much that we is, have. That is certain. This is episode one. I'm Chris Shorten. With me is Jeffrey Chi. Evening. And with me is Paul Christoph. Howdy. And we are... Okay, we had a slightly longer break than normal. We were kind of busy. And this season is going to be a little disjointed as well. As... Let's see. So we... I think we'll... It'll be like four episodes. We'll get in a row. Then we'll have a couple of weeks off. And then we'll do another four episodes. Yeah, well, we had the grand plan for this season. And then... um. You know, what's that saying about the best ideas and, you know, mm. the one that everyone says? Mm, mm. You kind of realise it's going to take a lot of, a lot of effort. effort to execute, so... Yeah, they're hard. Yeah. That will happen. Plans are hard. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it will happen and we'll, t- and we'll tell you about it when it does happen, yeah. but in the meantime, you've got this season. And this season we're calling, yeah, we're calling um, very loosely the fresh season for the simple fact that... Um, we're trying to try beers that, you know, we find fresh on the shelves and, you know, um, and then we can just, we'll just do our usual talking about crap, um, which I think, I think we can do well. It's been a while since we've done a proper just talking about crap Yeah, yeah. We, we, season. We've always had purposes and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like the old days. Mm-hmm. Ex- except it's not like... Um, when IPAs were clear and... Um, oh, the good days, <laughs> you know. Imperial Stouts were like less than ten percent. VP, not not Rashers, was Australia's number one beer. How is that a thing? That this is the news that we just read on what? Is yeah. News? Well, someone said it was on news.com.au, yeah. but I refused to click through the article. Mm. Well, it it just kind of makes you feel dirty when you go to that website. It was like a trap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's clickbait, and there'll be just pictures of Kate Middleton or something. Well, I think there was only ten beers to choose from, twenty beers to choose from, and they were like all mm. macro lagers essentially. Yeah. Right. You would assume that was sponsored. Uh, you, do you reckon that sort of thing is sponsored by, like, you know, CUB or whoever owned Rashes? Well, probably. Mm. I mean, it's like the idea that, um, well, I say we had loosely. I think it was you had the Melbourne Beer Awards thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, still have. The, the, yeah. Pirate, the Pirate Beer Awards. <laughs> still have them. Do, do we still have the domain? It's another plan that was, like, <laughs> set up two years ago and never happened. Um, so uh, so that, was, that was a drunken conversation with us and Emily from Froth, yes. from Froth about... Basically, we, we were upset with what the current beer uh, beer award scene was, so we we're just going to make a rogue one. That must have been like three years ago or something. It was a while. Yeah. Yeah. I still pay the you know renewal fee for the domain every year. <laughs> it's still there. MelbourneBeerAwards.com, I think. <laughs> so I guess surprisingly, no one had. No. And now no one can have. <laughs> well, un- unless uh, yeah. <laughs> they were th- at this point now we're just squatting really. Pretty much. I mean, there is a website there. Yeah. Um, uh, from memory, it just says like a picture of um, um, like bubbles or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the bubbly, the most coveted Melbourne beer award. <laughs> the gold bubbly. Look, and obviously it'll be fixed like all the other beer awards, right? Oh, yeah. Right, um, I mean, we're, we're, we'll pick all of our friends, don't we? Yeah, well, Tom Gleason can win a brewer of beer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think he'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. yeah. Tom, if you're listening. Yeah, Tom. Uh, or if anyone knows um, Tom Gleason, because um, I doubt if Tom's listening, um, get in touch, please. So anyway, this season is basically just a very traditional, if a traditional sort of season, and I thought we'd kick off with what the heck we've been doing. 
So I think uh, I'm not sure where which order this all uh, like who got back first. I mean, Jeff, you've been away in Spain. I was. I was. I drank a lot of wine. Right. Didn't right. drink very much beer. So there's not much to report on that front. However, I was in the UK before that, and obviously, mm. but I was in Bratislava. While I was away, and um, and I did, did go on a few beer ventures around Bratislava, and Bratislava is normally known for its wine as well because it's close to Austria on that side, um, so you get all the kind of Austrian German style wines. But um, but I did find a cool um, little bottle shop where I had um, I really should have looked this up beforehand, <laughs> but it was like a Chartreuse beer. It was okay. It was not as disgustingly bad as it sounds. Like yeah, so it sounds disgustingly bad. It yeah. sounds disgustingly bad. Oh, it sounds it sounds awful. Like it was a chartreuse sour. So I kind of walked in there. Was it? It was like a chartreuse sour. Or was an absinthe sour. I mean, that would be the only thing that could be worse than a chartreuse sour. Yeah. I suppose. But an absinthe sour it was one of those two, and I mean, it actually wasn't awful. Like so that that was my that was my main beer venture over the course of the last month. Um, otherwise. Yeah, the UK was just kind of visiting mm. old haunts rather than mm. sort of visiting new places. Like we had new people arriving, so you kind of want to take them, you mm. know, you want to take them down to the beer mile, you want to take them to the giant brewdog pub that fills up an entire city block and is like, you know, God. eight metres floor to ceiling and kind of all, all, all that sort of thing. Yeah, oh. no, it's, um, it's pretty epic, but it's, you know, they, they, they do a lot of good stuff there. The thing mm. is like, you know, they haven't just... They don't just have their own stuff on. They've got like half their own stuff and half sort of, you know, guest stuff. Well, that's always been a thing. Like even their smallest, like, yeah. the breweries have always yeah. had like a couple of guest taps mm. and mm. Yeah. other breweries that they like in the fridge. I think they do it really well. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a big space, which means you can usually get in there and like they do good food and they're good beers. And so, you know, anyone who sort of wants to sort of sideways complain they've become, you know, too big or whatever can mm. just, you know, can just fuck off. So mm. no, no, it's like, I, I, I quite like it. So, so that was... So that's kind of the summary of my beer ventures, really, over the course of last month. Yeah, because, yeah, the, the week in Spain was spent just drinking a lot of wine at wineries that you could walk to, which sort of means you don't have the defence of having to drive there. And yep. so, yeah, yeah. Were there any wine surprises, though? Were there any wine surprises? That is a good question. Not much wine. I mean, mostly, I think the thing that surprised me was just, which I should have remembered, was how cheap it is. It's the first thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a euro fifty for a glass of wine. But then also how ridiculously generous the wine tastings. I'm using the inverted commas sign. Mm-hmm. Are. Mm-hmm. We like, can confirm that. Yeah, like we we paid ten euros for a for a carvest tasting. It was basically just four glasses of carvest rather than like you know, four <laughs> half glasses. I'm just like. Okay, holy shit. Because we had also ordered the Grand Reserve tasting as well, thinking, so yeah, we'll share two wine tastings and then we'll just trot on to the next wine room, no problem. It's like, wah, wah. Um, how was the trot after that? Uh, it was pretty, um, pretty, it probably took about twice as long. I reckon we, we covered a lot of ground on the way down. Um, One of the rare times where Google Maps suggested time is actually shorter. Yeah, that's right. That's right, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we just we drank all the Tempranillo because that's what they that's what they make down there. I mean, learnt a lot about just wine making because we actually did like a tour and they explain like you know, Reserva and Grand Reserva is about the amount of time it's spent in the barrel, not that it's meant to be. Um, conceptually, it's meant to be exceptionally good, but like that's just really the only thing they kind of do with it. And so yeah, one of unfortunately the, my favorite wine from the whole trip was this nineteen ninety seven Reserva, which is of course like two hundred euros a bottle. So it's like. <laughs> Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, no checked luggage, so I couldn't take any with me either. So uh, I would just have to leave that behind. What a shame. It's just rude. You know. But the cool thing about wine tasting in Spain, which is why I recommend everyone do it, is that um, in Australia, when you go for a wine tasting, um, if it's not one of the ones where they pre-pour, they just put the bottle there in the glass and they just wander off and do stuff. 
Um, so you'll just lift your own device as soon as you know, to, to <laughs> pour your own wine. It's like, oh, well. And they'll say things like, well, you know, that bottle of wine, I can't serve it again tomorrow. So someone's got to finish it and then they'll just wander off and do other things. Like, this, oh, is, Spain, yeah. this is an awesome attitude to have. Mm. So that was probably my wine surprise, I think, was just yeah, the, the lax attitude, the, uh, lax towards, attitude towards a responsible service of alcohol. And you took a very noble approach there. I did. I did. I, did, I, I didn't go stupid. Right. Yes. Yeah, too stupid. Stupidish. I mean, Stupid-ish. somehow you don't seem to get that alcohol-related violence. No. I remember walking through Madrid where literally there would be like guys walking down the streets with shopping trolleys full of like, you know, mahal or whatever, just, you know, selling for like 50 mm-hmm. you know, cents. And you'd just buy it and you can drink it on the street and you could even go into the like a bar or a club and like the bouncer would be like, it's fine, <laughs> like whatever. And we went to one bar. And my brother, just, it was quite late in the night, my brother decided he wanted to stop drinking. I was like, I'll have a, I think I got like a rum and Pepsi because they didn't have any Coke. My brother's like, I'll just have a Pepsi. And the guy's like, what do you mean? Like, Pepsi's like, nah, don't worry, I'll come. The guy's like, don't be stupid. Like, this, one's, <laughs> this one's on the house. And just free pours him like a basically 50% rum, 50% Pepsi. He's like, I really didn't want to drink. <laughs> well, that, too bad. That is awesome, yeah. Spain. <laughs> that is... Okay, that is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a beer venture yeah. from ten and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was going to say both the both that Spain story and that Spain story. Sorry, nobody could see the fact that I was um, pointing at people there. I can confirm. Um, I, thank I you. too can confirm. Thank you, thank you. Confirm. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, well, you were off there. I think I was. That was when I was in Indonesia. So obviously, um, if you people, if you people recall, last year I was in Indonesia for. Uh, um, as well and I did my quest for craft beer and didn't find any or I think I found like one beer one beer from Stark which is like a Balinese a Balinese brewery this year I'm sad to report that I didn't find anything either that there's a few extra ones there's another Bali brewery there which does um, what do they do they they do they've got a beer that I can't remember the name of it but they do a like a beer called a Black Panther, which is like a black, a dark IPA. Sorry, a dark a dark ale. Mm-hmm. Definitely no IPA, sadly. Um, and that was they're all they're all drinkable if you drink them really fast. I think that's the approach you have to take. But what I did discover was, so we wound up through one of our many adventures with this. We wound up at. Um, kind of like an engagement party for um, this um, Indonesian family. And it was this big, big event. And I discovered that um, what the, uh, what this, uh, like the locals do is actually make their own booze. And they make it uh, basically distilling coconuts. And it's like this super potent um, spirit. And pretty much that you just, um, and part of the whole party was essentially walking around uh, or that uh, like there would be hosts that are just walking around with just like, um, I think it's like a, basically a long neck full of this uh, this coconut spirit. And then the, they just keep on walking along. And if you want another shot, you just have another shot and then they keep passing it on. It was quite impressive. Only given the fact that I barely drank anything for that trip, I'm pretty sure I was drunk really fast after having like four shots of it. Um, it was totally worth it. Yeah. So no beer, no, nothing to find in terms of beer, but who knew there was like an awesome coconut um, spirit going yeah, on there? There you go. Coconut spirit. Yeah. Spirit of coconut. Well, then, well, you two guys, right? I was, of course, in Africa 
mm-hmm. um, East Africa more specifically. Um, there was surprisingly more beer than I thought there would be. There was less good. There was as much as little good beer as I thought there would be. So local spirits. That's that's definitely a thing. Every country goes. Oh, try our local beer or our local wine. It's got this grain in it, and we ferment it, and voila. But um, not because I don't drink beer in Af- Africa. Clearly they do. But um, I did Kilimanjaro for a week, and then I was on safari. So I was thinking, yeah, I'm not going to be going to bars and stuff. Wrong. Kilimanjaro definitely no beer for no, a week. No, 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 no crappy <laughs> yeah. bar on Kilimanjaro. <laughs> but um, it's not as stupid as it sounds. Yeah, there was a Starbucks. The there was a Starbucks up there. <laughs> but um, but uh, on safari, you'd go to the middle of Serengeti or something and. Setting up your tent, there's you know some elephants and zebras literally walking next to you, and the toilets maybe not great, and the showers maybe not great. But to the extent we're like, mm, I'm just gonna skip a shower today. But every place had a bar, without fail. Wow. So um, yeah, I became very um, well versed in the uh, AB in Bev owned macro lagers of every East African country, as it. Yeah. Excellent. Unsurprisingly, turned out to be in most cases. Which we're pleased to announce that Paul will be doing his own podcast series on each country in in Africa, <laughs> talking about the ABN Bev macro lagers. Yes, I'm trying to think now. What do we have? So in uh, South Africa, you've obviously got um, Castle. I don't know if you know, know if they are ABN Bev, mm. but um, didn't spend much time in South Africa. Then in Tanzania, it was um, Serengeti or Tusker or Safari. And I believe they may actually be Diageo. Okay. But um, they're all, again, it's kind of like, you know, they're all, they're all fine. Like you drink them and you drink them pretty fast and it's hot and yeah, it's fine. Mm. And in Kenya, it was Tusker. But Tusker, it's funny, they've tried to like introduce their own craft beer. So it came out a couple of months ago. So it was like Tusker Pale or something. And it was actually not half bad. I'm pretty sure I've had Tusker in Melbourne before. Maybe yeah. like Polly so Polly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so about a third of these beers or a quarter of these beers, I'd check them in at Polly Polly. Yeah. Okay. Um, which of course means um, slowly, slowly, which is a word we used a lot while climbing Kilimanjaro or approaching animals. Polly Polly, mm. Polly Polly. Not Haraka Haraka, which means fast, fast. Um, but yeah, so that was um, in Nairobi. I actually found the one real craft brewery. I uh, can't remember off the top of my head what the name was. I did post about them on Instagram though. Unfortunately, didn't get to check out the brewery, but we're at a restaurant. We got to try a few beers and they had, you know, like IPAs and stouts and a mango IPA that was actually not sugary, but tasted like real mangoes and stuff. That was really good. Um, yeah, yeah, you can just keep going. I'm not going to name every uh, every beer because after a while they're all the same. You've got Nile in Uganda, you've got blah, blah, blah. Um, the biggest thing that I probably found was interesting is that in East Africa, people like sweet things. Like coffee, everyone seemed to be adding multiple heat teaspoons of sugar. Just food in general, sweet. And the same seemed to go for beer. Most of the standard versions of the beers had sugar added to them. Hmm. Which, you know, it's not great. You don't really need it. But it's something you're looking for. People just but like I guess it. It's, well, it's not you're used to, I guess. Yeah, it's it's not what I'm thinking, thinking for, but I guess that's what yeah. the average punter over there wants. But all the new, but maybe not, because all the new beers that every every standard brewer was releasing, even though it tasted really similar, it was still a macro lager. 
you'd be warned. They'd be like, oh, you sure you want to try the normal one? Because this one doesn't have any sugar added. They're like, yeah, cool. That's the one I want then. But yeah, so I had a, didn't drink lots, but when I did drink, it was mostly macro lager. Found one other craft brewery in um, Johannesburg Airport, actually. It's literally called Aircraft Cra- Airport Craft Brewers. Um, the beers were fine. Like, they're all fine. After drinking all the macro lagers, it was actually nice to just mm. drink something a bit crafty, but it was all sort of, you know, 3.25s. So like, yeah, mm. probably wouldn't drink that again, but it's fine. Probably wouldn't drink that again, but it's fine. Uh, did you find any, like, um, like Johannesburg, for example, did you find any, like, actual crafty bars? I was just in the airport okay. for Johannesburg, so literally first night, airport, hotel, then that was it. Yeah. I was definitely is craft. It definitely is good craft beer in um, South Africa. Unfortunately, didn't get the chance to uh, explore that side of things. But I guess given that, I didn't think I'd find any craft beer and I didn't really... Well, I held out hope. <laughs> I held out hope, but it wasn't like, you know, I looked up rape beer for something and you know, you look up in Tanzania, like three venues come up in the entire country. Yeah. And then two of them don't actually really have craft beer. Uh, Found one brewery on the beach in Dar es Salaam. Unfortunately, it was closed. Didn't open until 4 p.m. on a Sunday, and we flew out at 3 p.m. on Sunday. <laughs> so that was a shame. That's just rude, really. But, um, yeah, it was a good trip, but um, certainly not one for beer ventures. Good one for the um, trying to knock off, get some levels on the Africa badge on Untapped. Yeah, yeah. And for someone who doesn't drink lager, it's a good way to get a few um, lager badges. But, you know, they all hit the spot. They're all fine after a day of trekking or doing whatever. Um, sitting at the bar and what what was the what was the beer that you drank when you got back to Australia? The first beer I drank when I got back was it was one of the Rocky Ridge beers. So Rocky Ridge sent well sent all of us, but they got sent to my house uh, about five or six no, six beers I think of their newest releases. Unfortunately, I got to drink one of them before going overseas. So yeah, when I got home, I did two things. I went four hundred gradi. Got myself a margarita pizza, which I'd been craving for like a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I uh, went to the fridge and um, I believe it was their dank, dank side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, like the prism, like the, um, whatchamacallit. The dark side of the moon. Like dark side of the moon cover. Off. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, was, um, that was good. It was hoppy and mm-hmm. delicious. I was like, ah, oh, hops and not <laughs> super sweet. And this yeah. is great. Hoppiness is always a thing you miss. Oh, speaking of hoppiness, I forgot the other thing that I did while I was away, which is I actually brewed beer while I was away. I was wondering if you had mentioned that. Yeah, no, I, I'd just forgotten that I did it. So, yeah, we just went to one of those contract brewing, like, you brew it places. And, like, yeah, we made, like, so the reason why I reminded because we made a double IPA. We made a summer ale. Um, the summer ale didn't turn out that summer ale Like, it turned out more, it's like a New England summer ale or something like that. It was quite cloudy. It was weird. <laughs> Nisa. Yeah, Nisa. But um, but the double IPA turned out really well. So, you know, it was, it was quite quite potent, quite hoppy. It was, it was good. Do you remember what hops you used? Uh, we definitely used Citra. We used Equinot. And we used Centennial, I think. I think those are the three. So just classics. Yeah. Nice. Was this like what was the prompt to was? Uh, I think someone just must have just found a voucher. That's that's why we uh, do things like this. That's why I, like I made a terrarium one weekend. That's why like you know. <laughs> and you've never mentioned the terrarium. That's why why all these things happen is I think someone found a voucher to do it, and so we went, oh let's 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 go use this voucher and go make some beer. So <laughs> um, yeah, but you do that a lot more in the UK. I haven't lived in the UK yet. Like the Groupon deals and things were a lot better than they are here. Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, like things that sound okay and like really good prices. Yeah, I've never really looked at them in Australia. 
I assume I assume that they're reasonable, but I mean they exist. Yeah, yeah, they're just things you just don't want. Yeah, yeah, something at a discount that I don't want is still not worth yeah. paying yeah. for. Basically, yeah. that's. Um, Damn, said one of my thirtieth gifts was from a couple of friends a voucher to brew beer. Well, that there you go. That's something you <laughs> want. To I don't know how much it cost, but uh, it wasn't. I did brew beer. Was as it a result good? of having a voucher? Yes. But Jeff, Jeff tried it. That's right. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the, those are the beers that I had down at Garrett's yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, That was the, one of the first times oh. we would have hung out like outside of quiz. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go any further, um, let's just have a quick pause and get some beer. And we are back. And for some reason... Um, quite unintentionally, this uh, the two beers we're going to drink tonight, um, or tonight, this episode, well, we're recording tonight, are uh, from both from my hometown and Paul's hometown, which obviously we have separate hometowns. So the first beer we're drinking is, what is this? The Autumn Parlay, yeah, 2019. $5 bill brewing. Um, and they're based in Ballarat. I assume it's in 2019. Um, I'm, I'm yes. assuming so. Awesome. Yes. 2019 has just passed. Um, it has it on the label. It's also got two maple leaves on there. Um, Interesting. It's um, blended. They, ba- barrel aged, as fresh as you can get. But it is from autumn. I'm trying blended to Blended barrel aged dark sour beer, wild yeasts, and Britain. It's got Britain, chocolate, licorice, black currants, plums, and a hint of smoke from cherry smoke malt. Suggested track, dead prez, hip hop. So right. suggest a track that we should be listening to. Alright. Well look, if we could oh. afford the rights to do it, then we would. We can just say it. Of it's just bigger than hip hop hip. Um yeah, it's quite I'm trying to work out what the uh, I'm guessing the maple the maple leaves are actually to indicate autumn, not indicate Canada. I yeah. would assume so. Probably. There's no indication yeah. of any Canadian connection here. Yeah. It's not like Canadian whiskey barrel aged. Um, no. Um, no. CB, um, like the CBS stuff going on there. It would appear not. But um, first impressions, people. It's very good. Yeah, I like it's, it. Is that, yeah, Flanders style mm. dark mm. sour? It's Ned Flanders style. It's not super sour, no. um, but it's, yeah, it's mm. sour enough. It's really well balanced. I yeah, like it. It tastes correct. Yeah, all those things that it I mean. I can pick up the licorice and black currant. Can't really mm. pick up chocolatey flavours. No. Um, plums. Um, yeah. A yeah. uh, hint of smoke from cherry smoked malt. Not really tastes much in the way of smokiness, but. Mm. I can definitely taste wild yeasts. Mm. Yep. That much is uh, <laughs> that much is accurate. That much is definitely true. Yes. <gasps> All right. Um, what are people saying about so, Charlton in Mooney Ponds? Was a gusher when I opened it. Tasty. Well, this uh, one was, one a, was gusher also as well. a gusher. Yeah, it was. And it also came from Mooney Ponds. Didn't Had it? to run very quickly to the um, sink. <laughs> Jonathan W. What a nose! Amazing, and the dirty black current to follow is Totes Barnyard Autumn. Four point two five out of five. That's pretty good. Uh, Declan S at Carwin. Love it. Love the complex wine underscore esque fruit slash berry flavors and Flanders sourness. Awesome. Five stars. Wow. Uh, Devin B at Dr. Morse. This was from May. Um, Ooh, that's quite Flanders. First beer of Good Beer Week. 
did not rate it. Good mm. beer week. Yeah, we wonder where that was. Who had the good beer week recently? Mm. I assume it's our good beer week. Well, yeah, 15 May, yeah. that would be that would be our. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the autumn parlay 2019. Maybe it was 15th the 15th of May. Yeah. That's the wrong beer. Uh, well, no. Well, no, that would have been that would have been autumn. So it must have yeah. just yeah, been released. No, yeah. yeah. It must have just, just been just released. Just come out, yeah. yeah. On the cusp. It would make sense if it was just released in a good beer week. Yeah, that does make sense. I'm getting my um. That's what happens when you've been travelling. Yeah, your northern the, northern southern hemispheres are aware. It's autumn now. <laughs> uh, Matthew R. Boilermaker House, awesome dark farmhouse, funky sour with heaps of tartness, absolutely delicious sour tang on the finish, just great with the blue heart emoji. Don't know what the the colours anyway five out of five okay Um, Sam at Gabs Gabs 19 session 5 autumn leaves (laughs) 4.5 just an aside if anyone can um, call in and let us know what the blue heart emoji means we'd really appreciate it and then Ben Wilson at Gabs (laughs) on the 19th of May Uh, four stars no comment makes sense Uh, Joe H at the Hop Temple I assume that's back that's in Ballarat. That's, that's in Ballarat. Yeah. So this is super local. Uh, when I didn't think they could top the beer noir, this is unreal. Plummy and delicioso. Five out of five. Hmm? Dano at Mr. Beat Beer. God, it's a good beer, but also just a shout out to the undeniable winners of the best label slash branding in the business. These bottles, fantastic. I agree. I definitely agree that these bottles are fantastic. Yeah. Um, Bought this one at Mr. West, 4.25. I've not seen, I've not seen a label quite like this in a while. It's really cool. They look like, well, they look like um, dollar US bills. dollar bills. But you know, it's signed by an attorney at large, um, uh, someone from the lunar division, someone from the uh, someone who's a font of all knowledge, and then they're an independent brewers member, but no other signing. Anyway, back to you guys. Yeah, so it appears the beer actually came out on the at least the sixth of March. It's like right at the side of Auden. Yeah. Uncle Hop's at the Bank Hotel. Is that in Ballarat? Uh, look, it might be, but only if it's changed names. Probably there was a way to check, right? That's crazy. It is... Um, da, 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 da. How do you look at the address? Right. Here we go. Uh, no, that's no, in Newtown. Okay. New South Wales. All right. Um, give me like two more. All right. Tom W at Dudley... If that's, is that a venue? Let's find out. Um, it's it's a neighbourhood. Uh, very, very good. I do love a dark sour. Morello cherry, cigar box and licorice. Very refined yet punchy. 4.75. Well, it is 7.8%, so I guess that is that is accurate. And these are all really quality, like, well-thought-out comments. Mm. It's freaking me out a little yeah, bit. it's been nothing ridiculous. Even the grammar's, you know, not been too bad. Yep, no late check-ins. Oh, no, actually, I think I did spot a late check-in on the way through. I just chose not to get angry yeah. about it. Yeah, so I did do some late check-ins in Africa. But they were very meaningful late, yeah. late check-ins. So, you know, I was in the middle of, you know, nowhere with no yeah, internet. Yeah. And I want to check my beers in. So I put in late check-in, but I actually put down, you know, where I put, you know, made sure I got my details correct. I put in, and I put in when I had it and where I had it. Okay. So it's the information for me when I see it, not just, you know, LCI. Mm. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But of course it meant that I missed out on the, because um, as someone who's literally never camped until he went to Kilimanjaro, 
There were, um, at least on the safari portion, there would have been some great uh, campsite check-ins that I could have got that I would never get. That my time with late check-ins, you, know, you can't add it because you're, yep, you're miles 50, away, fifty hundred kilometers away from yeah, where you yeah. are. So that was that was a bit of a disappointment. How unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I only had the pleasure of huh, Tim W. 18th of May, late check-in, 3.75. <laughs> There's always one. All right, what do we think about it, people? I um, I really like it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's it's well balanced. It's uh, it's sour enough. It's the flavors are great. Yeah, I think I I give it a 4.25. Um, yeah, I'm probably leaning towards 4.25 as well. It's really. It's really good. Haven't had a few, haven't had a sale like this in a while, so it'd be nice to have a couple others mm-hmm. to compare. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'll also give it a 4.25. Uh, I think we're in agreement. 4.25 all the way. It's just, it's just really, really well done. It's really impressive. Um, it makes me very proud of my hometown. Though not enough to go back and live there. <laughs> so on that note, we got one more beer to drink. And we are on to our last beer, and this beer is from Paul's hometown. What is it? Yeah, so it's the uh, latest beer farm native series release. So we're actually sent this one, so you'll notice I tried it on the Instagram account, if anyone's following us on Instagram, about a week ago. But um, yeah, we had two cans, so I figured it would be a good one for this. So the native series is really cool. So what beer farm do they team up with um, Fervor? A.K.A. Paul Iskoff, A.K.A. Yoda. I have no idea what you just said. He's a chef, but he does these things called fervor, where pretty much he goes to like regional WA and integrates himself with like local communities and stuff, and learns about ingredients and the way they cook, and then does these events like out in these remote locations, hmm. doing really like really forward-thinking stuff with food. And yeah, there's this native series that they beer farm collaborates with him. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, so this one uses strawberry gum stout with strawberry gum, which um, how cool is this label? Um. No one can see, but ah, <laughs> oh, it's like what um, Northern Monk do with their with their cans. They do they do a similar thing. Yeah, where they, yeah it's like a cool. peel me yeah. thing, and then there's like a whole story here. Right. Awesome. So yeah, so, so um, they they printed on the, have they printed on the can this or is yeah, this so another label still on top? It as well. That's a different thing. So it's actually all. So it's a, there's a yeah. lot of text on here. So it starts with a sort of you know, acknowledgement to the traditional custodians of the land. And it tells you a bit about what the native series is about, which is all yeah about just using unique Australian yeah. flavours and paying homage to the land. So this one specifically, um, so it's, is seasonal beer. It's eucalyptus alida is what strawberry gum is. It's a medium-sized tree. Restricted to the northern tablelands of New South Wales, this one is. So glossy green leaves, intensely aromatic, sweet and slightly acidic like balsamic vinegar, with fruity undertones that have shades of cinnamon, strawberry and passion fruit. So often the um, leaves are chewed on and they would also be um, laid, moistened and laid over the fire to calm stomach problems. Nice. And it's got antioxidants, antifungal and antibiotic properties and has been shown to help balance the microflora of the gut. That's pretty cool. There you go. So it's usually used to enhance flavours in a lot of desserts. So for this beer, the leaves were added to the kettle 10 minutes before the end of the boil to preserve freshness while extracting as much of the berry characteristics from the eucalypt as they could. And, and that's the summary of what... There's a lot of detail, on, a lot of info on this can. 
um, it it staggers me um, more. Uh, it staggers me more and more how much um, um, uh, uh, like brewers are actually trying trying these new things, especially something like this. I mean, tr- um, I can't. Has it? Does, has anyone else? Does anyone else remember having some sort of gum leaf based? Um, I, funnily enough, I oh, did. Shit. It was um, but it, it was after. So I had this last week. And then um, I believe it was, I don't know if it was at the Ale House. It was like this past weekend, I saw a beer that had strawberry gum in it. I was like, are you I'm kidding me? Like loud. two beers with strawberry gum in them like in the <laughs> past week? Like that's just ridiculous. But um, it's not in a necessarily bad way or a good way. It's kind of like when we did the, you know, our pie beer with, <laughs> with, Burnley. with Burnley and then within like a week of... Oh yeah, there was coming up saying, "Yep, that's the concept locked in." Moondog d- d- did the raffle pie thing. It's like, yeah, what? So <laughs> fucking Moondog. Why is this happening? So, God damn it! Right. So, wait, um, going back to this bill, what what are our first impressions? I like or it. second or third impressions at this point? Yeah, definitely get the strawberry. Mm. Um, good body to it. It's not like one of those quite, you know, those thin, weak. Thin-bodied stouts you can come across. Oh, of course, it was um actually. I thought, there's a be a story that I'll I'll save the story till next week. But I was actually at the um, preview event at the new Moondog, and they oh, had yes. a um. Of course you were. And they had a Nipa with strawberry gum in it. Oh for fuck's sake! Yeah, M- Moondog like they're just like cutting everyone off. Oh, it's a collaboration with Collective Arts. Ah, oh. interesting. Anyway, I'll talk. We'll talk about Moondog and all that. Um, the Canadian Collective Arts. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. We'll talk about that on the next episode. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't really taste the eucalyptus leaf, but then again, I don't really know what eucalyptus leaf tastes no. like, so I might be tasting it and just not know. Maybe it's mm. that thing that I can't identify, and that's a eucalyptus mm. leaf. Mm. Maybe. Um, no, I really like it. I think it's good. Paul, first um, impression? Interesting. I didn't check it in when I had it last week. Um, yeah, I really like it. So I remember when I first tried it, I pretty much had it straight out of the fridge, and it was like, I was like, oh, it's fine. It's... Uh, Stout, and it was it was only after letting it letting it warm up, which is generally the case with stouts. But um, especially so with this one, you really need to let it warm up to let all those flavors come through, which is why this one's sort of been sitting out here for half an hour. Yeah, so actually they use two two kilos of it in particular. Nice. So I mean, if I take a actual drink, <laughs> you've been talking too much. So what are people saying about it then? It's good. What are people saying about it? What are people saying about it? Um, Simon S. Soft and sweet milky chocolate, subtle berry and dry cocoa finish. Very nice. We drink again. I think it's a good stout, good base stout, mm. which mm. helps. Tracy S. A beautifully flavoured stout in a berry informative can. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> 4.5 out of 5. I approve. I approve. Um, David A. Pub on Pembury. Nice aroma, solid flavour, laced with strawberry as advertised. It's interesting how many people are thinking that it's strawberry mm. when it's actually eucalypt. Um, extra points for the canner and peelable double side label. Hashtag Stout Sunday rocks. That's uh, four stars. Um, yeah, it's, this is an interesting one. EW, unusual tarty flavour with a gummy aftertaste. Great label, light, enjoy once and be left quizzical and unsatisfied. 2.25. Ooh. 
Interesting. There's a lot to unpack there. There is a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> JH underscore. Is strawberry gum the new thing? 4.25. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> That's a fine question to ask. Uh, Dan S at the Monkey Bar. Smooth and tasty, super easy to drink, and surprisingly light. Five out of five. Mm. What else we got? Um, um, Chris. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just out of curiosity, do we think? Do we think this tastes like a six point five, or do we? Um, if we if we didn't know six point five, do you think it would be higher? You would you think it would be higher? Um, um, I don't think I was so. I actually think maybe it's a bit less. Hmm. Yeah, I would have guessed in the six to seven range somewhere if I had to guess, which I didn't because I knew. Hmm. But yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah Harmer gives it four out of five. That's what I was going to look at. No, no, no comment. <laughs> Goes well with a mask cream, I believe. <laughs> Goes well with surprise ice cream. It does. Um, John, Hi, Sarah. John W. Camden. No notable strawberry. Probably because it doesn't have strawberries in it, John. Uh, sweet, smooth, delicious coffee notes and no bitterness. Fairly good end to a fairly good night. Three, he gave it 3.75, but he wrote that he gives it 3.7. Okay. <laughs> uh, Russell J at Kensington Hall Reserve. Really enjoyed this. Nice flavours with subtle berry flavour that lingers would have again. Cheers. Four out of five. NB at Ember Jane. Also didn't get any strawberry from a beer that doesn't have any strawberry in it. Big coffee flavours, nice milk stout, sweetness, medium bodied, lightly syrupy. 3.75. What is interesting as well is that like the first thing I looked at when I saw strawberry gum, I was like, well, what's strawberry gum? Clear that's not strawberries, but the fact that the label and pills and it has that much information. It's got yeah. there's a novel on what mm. strawberry gum in and how it's being used. It's kind of disappointing that a lot of people have drunk it and buy their um if you bought it on tap, different story. Um, but actually clearly have the can going by their photos and have just not opened the label mm. or made any effort to find out. I think with a beer like this, you've got to make a bit of an effort to at least know what they're doing. Rather than say, like, it doesn't deliver what it says on the can. Well, actually. <laughs> Jason S. Um, says, beautifully smooth stout with a little zing on your tonsils as it goes down from the gum leaves. That label is a brilliant idea too. Thumbs up. Four out of five. Um, good, good use of a thumbs up. Mm. Yeah. Right. One more, please. One more. Okay. Um, if you can find one more. Peter T. in Glebe. Ooh, yeah. Yum. 4.25. And he has like at least four mates photobombing his beer. <laughs> the can is blurry, but his mates are in focus. <laughs> right. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, judging by their faces, you know, what they see may not be in focus, but looks like it was a good night. It looks like it's had some wide distribution as well. It's been on, it's been at Spoon and Goats. It's been on. Um, yeah, it's been around. So yeah, clearly the distribution is, um, yeah, they're, they're good to see some more of their, um, I know both Beer Farm and Rocky Ridge are looking to get more of their beers over here, which will be good because normally the only time I really get to try them is when I'm back in Perth. And yeah, there's yeah. some good stuff that people over east are missing out. So um, yeah, the more of the more of it we see over here, the the better, I think. I think so. So what do we think about it, people? Um, I like it. I like it not as much as the last one. It's, it's kind of like a three point, it's not a 3.75, it's not a four, it's somewhere in between there. But I'm just bumping it up to a four simply because I think more brewers need to do mm. this sort of thing. Just 
experiment yeah. and just do something different and just the efforts gone into the story and mm-hmm. really trying to figure out how to make it work, I think that um, that bumps it up to a four. I am going to give it a 3.75. Um, I totally accept all your arguments just then, but I, yeah, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's great. Um, and I hope more people do it, but I don't feel the need for my untapped review to force them to do it. Um, oh God, this is tricky. I mean, I was, I'm, no, I'm still leaning towards four. I think it's, I, but I think that's mostly because it's, it's such an incredibly bold sort of thing to do. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. I would like to see more um, brewers taking this sort of risk, but clearly Beer Farm have the shit together enough to be able to do it. So yeah, good work, Beer Farm. So this has been episode one of this season. Um, somewhat, uh, somewhat scarily, we're all done, but we will be back next week, and we'll have well more beers that we found randomly. Um, I have been Chris Shorten. Uh, with me, with me has been Paul Christoph. I thought you were about to stop the recording before we had the chance to say goodbye to everyone. It's, I haven't done this in a little. So the hand was going for the button. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had, yes, goodbye. <laughs> and we've had Jeffrey Chi. See you next time. Uh, We'll talk to you all soon.